Welcome to the Norfolk Heritage Centre podcast. This episode features former Gresham school teacher Stephen Benson and his humorous memories of life in Holt. Stephen's story was recorded as part of the History Pin Connections project, and more stories can be found on our website. Find the link in this episode's description. Stephen, it's, um, it's over to you. Thank you very much for agreeing to come today. Um, he, Stephen thought he was an interloper and shouldn't really be doing it because he hasn't been born and bred here. And uh, what we're after is particular perspectives, people's view on Holt, past and present, because of the way they've interacted with it. And as you all know, Stephen has a very particular way of having done that. So we're very grateful to you, Stephen. Thanks <coughs> very much, Phil. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's lovely to see so many of you here. You may wish to leave before the end of the talk, and if you do, would you kindly go very quietly, and don't forget to fill the bit of paper in before you leave. Um, I've, um, I've thought about this for some time, this talk. I've put it together in the last 24 hours. This is always what happens with me. You think about it, and then you actually do it, and you're up until midnight beforehand. But... It, is, it isn't an easy one to do because I'm not like, 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 like John or, or Philip, uh, who both spoken to you before, I'm, n I'm not a man of Holt. But I suppose if I, I, I did a bit of maths, which is most unusual for me because I'm don't really, not very good at that. But I've worked it out that I'm, it's almost, I've spent based in Holt exactly half my life. Um, you may think, what, 20 years? That's not <laughs> But if you just think 38 and you're on the lines. In two distinct chunks, the first of which was from 64 to 82, and the second from 97 until, well, I hope a little longer than, uh, than, than we are now. Uh, let me begin at the beginning. Uh, in uh, September 1964, in my battered... Uh, Beetle Volkswagen. I was uh, driving up along the roads where you can't par really pass anything because there aren't any, and you cut your carriageway. Does that ring any bells today? Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I was doing that, and sure enough, uh, I fell in or fell, fell in or fell behind a, a fellow battered Volkswagen, which was also making its way up towards Holt, as it turns out. And sure enough, there, there in the rear window were five shining faces of young and young teenagers and younger, uh, all packed into the back of this VW. And so I made, you know, waving signs, and they made rude signs back. And, uh, and, uh, and I didn't really think any more of it, except that a fortnight later, um, the driver and uh, the, the lady sitting next to the driver were my landlord and landlady, because with, with one of those great moments of, of, of joy and good fortune, and for reasons which I really won't go into, I ended up there because I was this young, new teacher coming up to teach at Gresham School, and I didn't really have any digs. Well, I did have digs, or well, I might as well say. It was, um, what should I say? Go well, on. anyway, yes, I think I will. Uh, the, 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 where I was placed, because I think that the headmaster had sort of forgotten that I hadn't got anywhere to stay, 
um, was um, a, an interesting lady. I won't name her, but I will say that she used to drive uh, a Morris Minor um, with the near side wheels on the pavement quite often. You couldn't see her, but you could see her hands on the wheel. <laughs> and she was a little on the elderly side, and she lived in a very nice house, um, a, a little bit uh, dark and slightly decrepit, but a nice house nonetheless. Um, but she greeted me with the words, I'm afraid you can't use the inside lavatory because I do. <laughs> um, but, but, and this was the great moment, but I have put a new seat on the outside lavatory. Uh, that's sort of the way it started. Within a week it wasn't going terribly well and fortunately these good people took pity on me and I went in, in, in digs uh, with the Metzons along the Cromer Road. Interestingly, to bring things up to date, uh, Peter, one of those who looked out of the window and made rude signs at me all those years ago as a young, youngish teenager, um, uh, she uh, uh, became my wife and uh, we lived very happily there in her parents' house where I was a lodger. So that brings it all round before I begin. Shall I sit down and yes, you, you'll wish it, you'll wish it by the time we get on a bit further. Anyway, um, so I arrive and Holt. 64, 1964, cast your minds back as many of you can. It was a, a time when Holt was very much, I think, on the cusp, um, mainly because of the closing of the market. And do remember that Holt had a market uh, long before William the Conqueror. So it's, it's the, the history of Holt as a market town, a market centre, dates back a very long way. Well, it stopped rather rapidly around the time that Dr. Beeching <coughs> and his axe appeared upon the political scene. And you will recall that, many of you, that the railway here, although it remained, the tracks remained for some time afterwards, the, rail, the, the trains themselves ceased to run through the station at Holt. And as a result of that, the market, which was mainly a cattle market and, a, 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 and uh, for, for livestock really, but now where Budgeon's car park is, I think, the best way of describing it. Um, you very still important. See, still see the marks, Stephen, on the back of the wall at Feathers Car Park. Yes. So where the stalls were. Yeah. Is this going to happen all the time? No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. But uh, anyway, uh, so 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 um, you don't do too much of this because I have to think about uh, what I'm going to say next. Yeah. <laughs> Very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, so, so that, so that was that, and of course, Kongskilder had just started up. Do you remember that, 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 that wonderful? Well, it was such an important agricultural centre, um, and uh, it employed, uh, well, by the seventies, it was employing large numbers of people, and very important. And of course, the the industrial estate and so on, which has come almost in, in its wake, as I understand it, was not really uh, started by that stage. So, hope was at a crossroads in many ways. It was a small market town, it was friendly, uh, but the mar market's gone, a small town now. And uh, it was, uh, what was, was what was going to be the future of it? And I think uh, there probably people didn't think like that too much at the time, but certainly looking back on it, it was a time of change which was to come. Now, I remember it as when I arrived, as a town full of individuals and individual shops. And I'd go through just a few of the names. Some of them are still with us, the shops are, 
Uh, but they're, often they were run by people who themselves were alive and kicking uh, and very much in evidence in Holt. Um, let me just run through a few. You'll remember so many of them yourselves. Uh, Tom Bly, uh, uh, Sheldrakes, Broadrose, Bettys, Aldous, Larkin, Gowan, um, Mac, old Mac Hambling, I remember. John Shrive, of course, the mm. late and very much lamented John Shrive was there. The Owl, of course. Holt Steam Laundry, yeah. Brian Hallows. Close your ears whenever he got a bit cross with things. Um, uh, uh, the Siddles, which of course still um, and there was a thriving Rotary Club, full of these people, um, and uh, Round Table and Inner Wheel and WI and the British Legion and St John Ambulance, remember? Oh, yes. uh, very strong uh, in, in those days. Uh, incidentally, a nice little story about, which many of you will know, but others will may not, and it's quite interesting. Bakers and Lanas, of course, were not Bakers Lanas in those days. They were two se separate um, businesses, and uh, the uh, Lana's, Baker's was run by Baker's, but Lana's um, was run at that time that I remember by two gentlemen by the names of Mr. Luff and Mr. Money. And of course it was always said that if you couldn't buy anything, well, you know, very difficult to get things because you couldn't get things for Luff. Or, uh, <laughs> and I remember and, and I also remember, a, 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 it was, uh, this, I hope this isn't upsetting anybody, but Lana's was, was, was a little bit on the elderly side from the point, I mean, they, they, when they cleared it all out, I know there were a tremendous number of oil lamp covers, you know, those glass things, um, it's still in stock, um, and uh, that sort of thing. Anyway, the, what I do remember about it was that Lana's seemed to be full of, of very, very helpful assistants, all of them men all of them in long grey coats, all of them wearing RAF ties, and all with a very slight and sinister limp for some extraordinary reason. Anyway. That's Baker's. Was that, that was Baker's, not Lana's, was it? Thank you very much. That's my wife. Um, <laughs> uh, we're almost off page one now, anyway. So, so oh, and, and of course, I also remember, while, I, while I'm thinking of this, I also remember... Um, Billy Elston, who was yeah, at the yes, garage, Elston, yes, lovely yes, Billy Elston, who many of you will know far, far more about this th than I do, and you don't, you may not even, don't tell me if, you, if it's not true, this little story about Billy Elston, because it's quite a nice one. Um, in the 70s, I think he was chairman of the council, and uh, there was quite a heated discussion going on about what trees were going to be planted. There was a big tree planting thing. I think it may, may have come the was it, the, was it the 25th anniversary of the accession of the Queen or something? It's about that time in the 70s. And um, uh, the, the, there's this heated discussion in the council was going on. And dear old uh, Billy at the end said, uh, brought it to an end by saying, well, well, I've heard, I've heard that poplars are very popular. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that brought the discussion to a close. <laughs> so what do I also remember about Holt in those days, this young, thrusting young man who of course thought he was running the school by single-handed within a week of getting there? Well, pubs, that's what I remember. There wasn't very much else to do in Holt then, could be argued awful lot to do now, but you, certainly then, the Regal, Regal Cinema, mm, yes, yeah, that's, 
about it really. But anyway, pub, back to pubs. Um, in uh, in 1964, I can certainly remember these ones being present. If you think what think what there, how many pubs there are now, the Feathers, of course, and the King's Head, the Railway, uh, late lamented, Carpenter's Arms. Some of you may may remember Queen Adelaide, with that extraordinary sign which looked as though it was had. Anne Boleyn hanging outside yes. instead of the correct uh, uh, Queen, Queen Adelaide. And of course the White Lion, run by Peter Mills. Now there's a, another theme that runs through this, um, because Peter of course is still very much alive and with us now. Uh, and he was he and uh, Isabel ran around the White Lion. And the Gresham's masters, they who ran the school, the young ones, um, came uh, to the Six O'Clock Club as it became known. It was great fun. Where we some of us became not quite so young and had young families, but we still went straight down from class in the six o'clock to the six o'clock club. I'm afraid, to our to our, to, to our shame, um, and where we were greeted with a number of locals, including does anybody do, do you remember Les Case? Some of you, and I remember Les Case because uh, one eye, prison being a prisoner of war, one eye, and that very trim little moustache. Uh, and uh, he, he, he used to take us on at darts one by one and thrash the pants off us every single time, which was infuriating, and win his little half pint. <coughs> I don't think he had to buy, certainly at most even early evenings, I don't think he ever bought a drink. It was ridiculous, but there we are, that, that, was, that was good fun. And in wandered um, Ken Gledhill from time to time, um, the, the local vet, the, the man whom everybody knew in the whole of Norfolk, I think. Um, and of course he's still alive yes. and, and, and going strong so for, for that. In those days I, I also seem to remember, you, you know that now, and it's marvellous, it, I'm not decrying any of this, but there are about, I think there's somebody added up, there were 19 places in Holt where you can now have coffee and tea and, 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 and proper meals as well. Um, but in those days, the, the really was very, very little in, indeed. The, the owl was there, of course, and the hotels, and really very, very little else. If you wanted to go out for a, a slap-up meal, you, you didn't go into town. You, you used to go to Gachet's. Some yes. of you will remember yes. Gachet's of Wayman. Yes. And the remarkable uh, and, and quite extraordinary uh, Mrs. Gachet were, was particularly well known to a number of people. Mrs. Gachet uh, was garrulous uh, and very friendly, and uh, during the course of every, every evening that I went there, which wasn't all that often, but uh, she seemed to, um, she, at some stage she picked up a bottle of brandy, uh, and, and, and she had her favourites amongst her clients, the clientele, and she's drifted, and drift is probably the right description, between the tables with this bottle of brandy. And as the evening wore on, her... Um, Carrot red uh, wig uh, began to slip from 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 its place there over one ear. Uh, that's something I think about. I, I I don't really remember what used to happen. It always seemed to stay on, but it very very precariously by the end. That so that's that's another one of my memories. You may think that these are ridiculous, but that's that's the way that it is. Um, getting to know the locals was not all that hard because. It seemed to, 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 to us that half of Holt worked at Gresham's. Um, there were an enormous number of people who worked you know, on, the, on, on, on the grounds and, and, and cleaning and the houses. We, when when P Peter and I, my wife Peter and I, took over Woodlands, 
there, there were about eight ladies, something like that. It seemed that much anyway. There was gardeners and a couple of gardeners or a gardener. But there were also ladies who came in the morning and cleaned up the house behind these revolting 60-odd uh, teenage boys who, who weren't the tidiest of individuals. And, and also, on the private side, uh, we, we had two, two, two uh, lovely ladies there. So multiply that by five, as there were five boarding houses. It was, everything was boarding in those days, the, and all boys, of course, in those days as well. And multiply by that, and then you've got the groundsmen. And later, when uh, the, the central feeding came on in the 68, they built that not, not very attractive large building, which has also uh, served as the staff room and, and all, all that sort of thing. The, um, uh, the, the, well, all the kitchen staff as well and so on. So I think at one stage, certainly, and with the administrative staff, very important administrative staff, um, and uh, um, I probably left out, <laughs> messed up a, a number of others, but there must have been well over 100 local people who were employed one way or another uh, at, uh, at Gresham. So to getting to know them w w was a joy. And I, I was also very fortunate that for one glorious half summer, I played for whole cricket team, which in those days um, didn't have a ground of its own, like it does now, the lovely playing fields along the Kelling Road, um, but used to have its, um, all its away fixtures in the first half of the season and then that all all the all the fixtures in the second half of the season were their home fixtures on the uh, on the old schoolhouse playing fields, the prep which which you can see between the church, if you like, the Sanders Church and and uh, Station Road, and that was a lovely place to play. And I pl there were some lovely people that I, that I met there, and I remember very well if I can find the piece of paper on which I've written their names. Oh, there's a glasses that helps. Um, but the I remember that Dick Gray was uh, was there, lovely man, and in those days, unusually, both a postman and a justice of the peace, and uh, three cheers for that. But uh, and, and a lovely fellow, and I think he was captain of the of the club at one stage. I find going through this rather well. Have you noticed the way I'm leafing through these, not being able to find the names of? Ah, oh, here we are. Uh, and uh, Arthur Lewis. Uh, who was uh, also employed at Gresham's as uh, the chemistry uh, uh, lab assistant. Um, I remember John Glasspool, Margaret's uh, 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 husband, and I think he, he had a brother, Donny, was it? Donny there, there? And various others, but and one that I still see on a Friday and have a drink with, uh, along with a, a, another group of um, ne'er-do-wells, uh, Mick Coe, not that he's a ne'er-do-well, you understand, <laughs> of course not, and, but I, uh, that, that, that uh, was, was a very happy uh, time for me there. In, um, at Gresham's at the time, going back to Gresham's, oh gosh, it's, it, it's so difficult to, 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 to think and to remember all these things and to put them in a way that might be of interest to you, but if I mention one or two of the staff and it might be of interest, I hope. Um, one, of course, that most people in this room, I hope, would remember, certainly a number of them would, was Dick Bagnall-Oakley. Um, a brilliant, brilliant man in so many ways, and a real, a real, uh, I forget the, the word polymath or whatever the right expression is. He just was so good at, at everything. That what he was best known for was as, an, as, a, as a naturalist, of course, an ornithologist, but also a broadcaster and a writer. 
Um, and in the early days of Anglia television, I mean, he was often to be seen with these naturalist pro programs. He, was, he, was, he, he had a wonderful way with him. But the Norfolk dialect was his thing. He, he, he was brilliant at that too. Uh, and a bit of a, he used to write articles and tell stories and all that, so much in demand uh, as a storyteller. He was also uh, a fine photographer. Uh, he was a watercolorist of, 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 of note. He was a fine shot. He, he could do more or less everything. He actually was supposed to teach geography. Um, uh, and, and, but I, I think it's probably fair to say that the majority of people who were taught by him learnt a great deal which was of huge value to them in life thereafter because he was such a good raconteur and he would always produce the equivalent of rabbits out of a hat all the time. But the results at A-level and O-level were perhaps a little lower than they might have been in some <laughs> of the less exciting uh, lessons. I, I always remember myself, um, when the, 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 the prep school, which now has lots of buildings and so on and so forth, uh, across the, the road from, from where the, the, the prep school buildings are now, um, they had uh, several old Kenwin, they used to call it, and uh, they had classrooms there. And I remember teaching Roman history, which was terribly exciting in, in some ways, but well, not the way I taught it anyway, I'm afraid. And uh, these little 11-year-olds uh, put up with it rather well. Um, but I was several pages ahead or behind in my little book, and we came across Caper Cayley. Well, I hadn't the faintest idea what a Caper Cayley. <laughs> What's a Caper Cayley? So you and me can imagine. And uh, I, I said, oh, I, I said, I know, I know, I know. Ask Mr. Bagnall Oakley, because he always taught geography this the the the, the period before I I, I I I taught them, which was a disadvantage in itself. But anyway, um, sure enough, sure enough, the next I'd forgotten all about this, of course, came rushing up. Uh, from the senior school, late again, into the class, page 14, whatever it was, and, uh, and, and I said, well, I remember, well, I said, did you find out about the Cape Cayley? And there were all these little chaps pointing at the board. Real old-fashioned blackboard that so many of us can remember, you know, nailed to the wall, falling <laughs> apart, and, and bits of chalk everywhere, you know, below it. And I saw, all I saw, I turned around and I just saw that the board was seemed to be covered in a sort of blanket of mauve, somebody scribbling on the board. And I just about to, to pick up the, the, the rubber and to rub it off. No, 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 look, sir. So, so I looked and all I could see was this mauve thing. And then it suddenly appeared to me, he, he Dick Bagnoloki, the period before, had drawn a caper Cayley uh, in heather um, in its natural habitat, um, and, and you couldn't see it because it was so well camouflaged. Imagine drawing that on this awful old blackboard with a few pieces of chalk, and they had been completely mesmerised by it. I'll bet they remember it, and I've just been telling you about it, so I remembered it. Now that's a school teacher, not teaching for exams. Then uh, there was Stuart Webster. Now, again, it may not mean a great deal to you now, and it's a shame, because Stuart Webster was one of the most glorious um, painters, watercolorists of the big Norfolk skies that I've seen. And he was also a very funny and very, a very lovely 
uh, little man, and uh, he he uh, he was little. Uh, he came to the six o'clock club where where we were all were. He was a bit older, so he wasn't running the school, but but nonetheless, you know, he was allowed in. And uh, so he came in, and there was a one of those typical pub benches, you know, the sort of things um, with 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 ends like this. And he used to sit on that bench in the public bar and swing his legs. I mean, everybody else would have their feet on the ground, but Stuart, Stuart was doing that. And uh, he was uh, very good about this, being a bit rather tiny. And uh, he, he uh, uh, but legend has it that he used to come into a, a, par a room in a party and um, he would announce himself at the door, having probably had a glass or two before. Uh, and he'd come in and say, my name is Stuart Webster and I am standing up. Which <laughs> I always thought was rather a good way of doing it. Then there was his friend Stuart Dodd, um, who was a linguist and Irish as Irish could be. That He wasn't very big either. And they were great chums, these two. They hadn't married. They, married, they, they, they each married um, a, lovely, uh, a lovely wife uh, uh, in retirement. But at the time they were, they were bachelors and they used to go on painting holidays and things together because uh, Stuart was quite a good watercolorist. But there was a nice story because Stuart Dodd, this is, um, Stuart Dodd had been a, a, a member of the staff just before the war and so had been one of those staff who went with the school down to Newquay when they were evacuated from Norfolk because everybody thought that Norfolk was the place that Germans were going to land on Weyburn, uh, Weyburn, up Weyburn Beach. Uh, and so the, the army had taken over and, and they were, had gone down to, to Newquay. Well, the story is um, that the headmaster had, uh, arrived down there with, with boys, desks, you, you can imagine, the great lorries, going to trains, ever, everything, uh, um, donkey carts or whatever they were in those days. And they took the whole school down there. And uh, there was a large Cornish policeman outside the, the door when the headmaster arrived. And I won't try the Cornish accent because I couldn't begin, but uh, he, he, he told the, the, head, the, the, the headmaster that there was a quite a serious problem had arisen. And was there a Mr. Dodd in, um, amongst his staff? And the headmaster of course said yes, and there was. And what it, it transpired rather splendidly that Stuart Dodd had written a letter to a, one of his friends in, in, in Southern Ireland uh, and included a map which he'd drawn of a river estuary of some kind with some crosses on it. <laughs> <laughs> Need I say more? But, well, you know, the, 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 the secret services and all the rest that clanked, sort of clanked into action and came to the conclusion that the crosses on the on this estuary obviously marked where rather small submarines might be able to creep up um, <laughs> and, and park themselves and and and, and uh, un unload agents and all that sort of things. Turned out that uh, um, that uh, Stuart Dobb was also rather keen on fishing, and that uh, these places were places that he'd marked, which were particularly good for catching whatever fish there was in this particular form of uh, river. But it's a nice little story, isn't it, from, from that thing. So that's Stuart, that's him. Um, and I'm going to save uh, Logie, Bruce Lockhart, till last, because he was such a mentor to me. Um, but I do want to talk about the governors.
Now, I want to make absolutely clear that if it hadn't been historically and even to this very day for the <coughs> Honourable Company of, West, of, of, uh, of, of Fishmongers, Gresham wouldn't exist. There's absolutely no question about that. So anything I say that may cause any slight frisson of amusement must not be taken to mean that I don't have a huge, and Gresham's doesn't have a huge debt to, to these good people. Um, uh, but th it was quite extraordinary. Um, it, by, at, when speech day came around, <coughs> by train and, and, and taxi and, and large limos and things, it seemed that the world was changed slightly because from London came this uh, progress, to use the medieval term, almost like a royal progress of governors um, who came for speech day. And uh, they took over uh, the, um, the Blakeney Hotel. They brought with them their wine and their butler. Uh, and they all came and they all, 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 all stayed uh, in, in the hotel. Now, um, the night before, and this is the night before speech day, remember, the, the night before, they invited the staff, very nice of them to do so, my golly, was it? A whole lot of them, and they all went, we all went to the Blakeney for a, a dinner. And before we went to dinner, um, we had in the school library um, a, 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 a soiree, a gathering, at which all sorts of drinks, which none of us in the six o'clock club had ever seen before, bottles with spirits in it, you know, things like whiskey of various kinds and brandy and goodness knows what. And of course, um, I'm standing fairly close to somebody who is there quite a, and remembers this, the, 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 these bottles very well, I think, don't you, Keith? But anyway, um, uh, the, 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 so we, we all drank far too much and, and, and then we piled into charabangs while they got into the limos and off we went to, 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 the, to the dinner at Blakeney. And of course, incidentally, came back and in the morning, most of us had terrible heads. We then went and sat in the outdoor theatre for the speeches and always remember this because the staff always sat in the area where the covering of the trees and the, the branches didn't quite make it. So the sun shone smack on your forehead for about an hour and a half while the speeches took place. Anyway, one occasion for, the, for, 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 for this drinks gathering, I remember, was the time when the chief guest was the Duke of Devonshire. The Duke of Devonshire was immensely tall. I remember that, uh, and a very distinguished gentleman, and a very nice gentleman. I, I have no doubts about it at all. And he, along with lots of his other, the, the, the fishmonger, uh, uh, members of the fishmongers' company, who were the governors, many of them were governors, were obviously at this soiree thing, whatever you like to call it, drinks party. And he decided, uh, as a gentleman that he was, Duke of Devonshire, that he would go and shake hands and meet some of these strange uh, <laughs> Norfolk creatures. Um, and so he went round and did his stuff and shook hands and so on. And this is, a, honestly, this is true. Uh, eventually he came, towards the end, to me. And I was talking to somebody and I turned around and there were these kneecaps uh, at sort of eye level, an enormously tall chap. <coughs> and he, <coughs> and he, he said to me, Dear Fish, I said, well, no, no, I don't 
uh, so I know I, I, I don't I don't fish. Hmm. Well, do you shoot? <laughs> and, and I said, well, no, I, I, I sort of coaching cricket quite a lot. And well, what the devil do you do? <laughs> well, that's the story of, uh, of, of Gresham's in those days and so on and so forth. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's my Gresham's days. We didn't get down into town very much. The, the boys weren't allowed to go downtown unless they had a special leave to do so. don't know what they thought might meet them. Some terrible death would meet them in, in the town or something. But anyway, that's what it was. So it wasn't so good for the, uh, for the good people of Holt who, who might have wished to have uh, tapped into their pocket money, which might have been a bit more than some people's pocket money. Uh, but no, that, that, well, that, uh, that didn't happen. Uh, so, so really, one's life was a bit cut off because as a boarding school, and I took games in the afternoon and took games at, uh, went off to Felsted in, in, in the afternoon and uh, with, with, you know, Saturdays to take teams away, and I was a housemaster and I play rehearsals and goodness knows what in the evening and all sorts of things and concerts and so on and so forth. There wasn't really a great deal of contact between the school. Uh, and the town at all, which was not always felt to be, I'm sure, there was a bit of sort of snooty and not, you know, that sort of thing. Town and gown wasn't mm. strong, but I've no doubt that it was considerably more than was intended, but there certainly probably was that slight feeling. Um, but having said that, um, my contact even with the town, 18 years I was there at Gresham's teaching, was not as nearly as, uh, as strong a, a, a link as I wished it to be, but I did meet lots of lovely people and a lot of um, people through obviously one's bringing up one's family and friends around there, but also local people, many of whom I still see in the town and still chat with, and that's a, a, a great joy to me. So anyway, off I went, and that's round one, and you've probably had enough already, but round two was when I returned having retired um, from the job that I went on to uh, down in Hertfordshire and we came back and we took over as I've explained to you um, my parents-in-law's uh, house and we've, we, we moved in and we were grateful that we did move in because they were just moving out and they, they built uh, their own house in the garden uh, they had quite a nice big back garden there and it gave out onto the Kelling Road and they built their own uh, because it uh, would suit them rather better what they did downstairs um, on suites and things as they were getting older. Uh, and we took, we, we moved in and, and never, never have I ever regretted that move. It's been the most wonderful thing. I met so many people along there, along the road there and still uh, see many of them. And incidentally, now that I've become a sort of pretty redundant sort of character, uh, I do quite a lot of shopping, really, because not much else to do, is there? And you meet so many nice people in budgeons. And, <laughs> so you carry, you, carry the, you carry the bags down there, and I'm constantly meeting. I can see why you've just come in. Hello, William. <laughs> I, first, I first met 
as for, and for, probably for two years. We're hello, yes, nice day, and then eventually you actually say, who, who are you? And, and uh, you, you find out some very interesting things. Anyway, the, um, uh, the, the, so meeting people along the road and so on, it has been, uh, it's been uh, quite a joy. I don't quite know where I'm going with this, except to say that apart from that, uh, I was fortunate to get in, up in, uh, involved in one or two of the organisation of the many. You're all involved in things. Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm involved in. And um, uh, just because I think it, it, it tells you a little bit about the town and the way perhaps that it's changed a little, and certainly the way that it is now as opposed to then. Now, I've, uh, I'm going to talk about the, the, the Holt uh, Youth Project briefly. Uh, a number of you will know in the old Station Road there is quite a, a large uh, um, building which, uh, where the youngsters of Holt uh, go in and uh, uh, have twice a week they have uh, their club nights somewhere safe, uh, somewhere where they can go and enjoy themselves with a little bit of supervision and that's been a huge success. It's also been a huge success because um, the Julie Orford, who really is a Latter-day Saint, if ever there was one, mm -hmm. um, uh, has, uh, has done wonders with, with the youngsters and provided, uh, it may surprise you, it may not surprise you, I'm, this cult isn't alone in this, for heaven's sake, but uh, young carers, mm. uh, the number of families for all sorts of different reasons um, who can't quite cope with the way things are, and consequently, youngsters as young as sometimes 11 years old have effectively become the carers uh, within their homes. Now these people have been looked after by Julia and her, all her wonderful helpers, volunteers and, and, and now paid helpers, trained people that help her, local people. And uh, uh, the, the, they, they, they therefore have a place to go, a place to share their thoughts, a place where they can relax and where they can have a treat or two. Uh, provided for them through the fundraising and very uh, the generosity of so many people, including a lot of of of, 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 of whole people. Um, I won't go in depth about that uh, now, but there's a lot more to it because they also provide throughout the week a very important service for people for whom there's nothing. These are people um, who are not in employment. Uh, they're they're not uh, in in. in uh, in, in schooling and in education, um, they need, that because of their needs of one kind or another, or autism or whatever it may be, they don't fit into society, but they still need looking after. And um, this is what they do, these trained people with Julie at their head. And they're referred, these young people are referred to them, and they, they get a, a proper independent uh, program of education for each one of them. Some of them are brilliant but they're, 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 they're rather focused uh, uh, and, and therefore they find life a little bit difficult. I won't go into it because I don't know enough to, to tell you about it except that I know how valued it is and I know it's filling a gap. So if anybody ever tells you that, uh, that, that in Holt there, that there doesn't seem to be something which is helping with the young people of the area, it is not so. Um, they do, they, it's not never enough, is it? But they, they, they do a, a wonderful job. I also want to talk... Hoping to get Julie to come later I, I think that would be wonderful. Yeah, uh, and if you think that I'm banging on, you wait until she does, because <laughs> she, she's absolutely wonderful. She's an absolutely inspirational woman. Um, thanks for that, Phil, because I'm glad you're doing that. 
the whole society, which I had um, joined when I was in my first incarnation, uh, and uh, I joined up again and on the committee, and I, I now have the honor of being the chair of, of, of this organization. Um, that too provides, I think, quite a good service, uh, a very good service for the town. Its main purpose is to do what it can to preserve the Georgian center of Holt by checking uh, the planning uh, applications and so on and so forth uh, in that area. And we work quite closely, in fact very closely now, um, with uh, the Chamber of, uh, of Trade, with the Town Council of course, uh, and also with uh, the planning office uh, in Cromer. So th that's I think an important thing and uh, we uh, you know, we're always looking for new members, and um, I just have a few forms here if anybody would <laughs> like to think about uh, joining up with that. But seriously, it, and it's, we also have we have talks, um, uh, and we have uh, meetings of various kinds. We, we go out on trips as a gr as group to gardens and places of uh, interest, buildings <coughs> of, of interest, uh, and uh, we also have jolly good socials, and. Uh, where the, where the food is, 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 is provided by the, the committee and their wives. Uh, in my case, I, I, do so, I, I work so hard and I, I produce some absolutely delicious sandwiches. I just want you to know that's a further reason for filling in one of these forms. Um, and, and, uh, and, and also, we've, I, think, I think it's probably fair to say we've also been part of uh, rather interesting historical events because it's a, history, it's a heritage society as well as one looking at practical things. Um, one of those was, some of you will remember well, I think, when we celebrated, if that's the right word, mm -hmm. the Great Fire of Holt in 2000, in, in, uh, 2008. And this, of course, was the 300th anniversary of the fire that took place uh, in Holt and destroyed most of the town, which, of course, was then, bricks, uh, was then wood and uh, wattle and daub and, uh, mainly. Uh, and and burnt the, the the church to the to the ground as well, um, or very nearly to the ground. All the, the all the roof fell in and so on and so forth, because one patch one patch only of the of, of the church was thatched, um, and uh, the sparks from the <coughs> the fire that started in the marketplace amongst the market stalls there um, flew up into the sky and set fire to a lot, lots of other buildings in the place. Nobody was hurt, incredibly, but um, well, a good third, it is, it is estimated, a good third of the buildings in Holt were destroyed um, and had to be rebuilt. And of course, during the 18th century, they were rebuilt, and, and most of the high street uh, is listed, grade two buildings of a Georgian nature, because of course, that was the Georgian period. And so, although in a way it was disastrous and must have been utterly disastrous to the people at the time and the people who had their businesses and so on and so forth, the, those who had their market stalls, um, but at a, at a later date, looking at it from a historic point of view and from now, it gave us the beauty of the, the town which we love and in which we live now, because it's without that fire. <coughs> we wouldn't have had the, the Georgian nature, all built, you see, in the same century, really, all these buildings, many of which you wouldn't recognize as Georgian now because they've been refronted over the years, but actually are at their core, even or, uh, uh, Georgian or even, or even earlier than that. Well, 
the um, the whole society is something which has been very close to my heart, and there are a number of uh, members I know here with, uh, uh, here today, and I hope that that will continue to look after, as everybody wishes. Not we're not the only people who do, but we certainly are there to look after the interests as far as we are able to preserve um, our lovely town. So that was that's that's that one, and uh, the other one I just wanted to mention. It is the way that the town has changed uh, through the number of people living here and also, of course, the age of the people living here. Now, um, I'm the last one to start decrying our, our rather older or senior um, people living here, but the fact is that the town has become a, a, a something of a retirement town, I think we would agree, and therefore there are a large number of people living here who need uh, all the usual things that you would expect medically. But one of the things, of course, which comes with older age uh, is dementia. And uh, the dementia, is, 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 is it not, is a major, major problem, which only I think we're only just beginning to, to, to as, a, as a society to, uh, to, 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 to think strongly about. Because 100 years ago, lots of people had dementia, even though people didn't live as long, but they were just looked after quietly within the family. Now it's, a, it's, it's rather different. And there is a, a, a Holt, a Holt a Dementia Support Group now, which operates um, mainly from the meeting room attached to the church, the new, the new attachment to the, to the, to the uh, parish church here, the meeting room there. And it's something that I've become involved in in a very small way as a volunteer, and lots of other people have as well. And that is something which I think is a real, real value. On a Tuesday morning, people with dementia and their carers, who are so important, um, come along, we have coffee, we have quizzes, we have play games, we chat. And I think it gives, it lightens perhaps the lives of people who are very much thrust in upon each other <coughs> and in the case of the carers of course the, the, all the responsibility comes to them and they're cut off uh, very often from 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 the outside world almost don't exaggerate that it uh, that that really is and it's very important they do that they also have home visiting um, which releases the carers as well to, to so people go to talk and, and look after those who prefer not to come perhaps to the tuesday morning or can't come but nonetheless appreciate having somebody to, who's been trained to come from outside to sit with the person with dementia while the carer gets a couple of hours uh, away. So that's another thing that I've been involved. There's so many other things um, that, that th this town is wonderful from the point of view of the people who volunteer for things. Um, and uh, you know, I just pick out one totally at random, and that's the whole area caring um, that does this driving to to, to the, the hospitals and so on and so forth, and Norwich and of course to, to, to hold uh, surgery in High Kelling. And uh, there are 50 drivers, 50 volunteers, you know, living locally who do this. So this is a remar remarkable thing. Lots more people do it. Look at the, what the community centre does. I mean, there are so many um, organisations, so many individuals who work. That's something which I've noticed. I don't say since I've come back, but it's because I'm part of it more. Um, we are a very caring society and we do help each other and I think it's uh, that, that's one of the things which I think is so so great about this place one little story if I may um, about one of these ladies who uh, a lot of them are men, men but this 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 one lady who came along with her carer um, and uh, she really was 
never said a word uh, 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 the first time she came and she had a, a very uh, very troubled face but very straight uh, and, and really didn't look a very happy lady at all it was quite sad. then we tried talking to her and so on but she didn't really get involved um, and then we had a sing-song and uh, that was okay we, 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 we went through that and when we'd finished that I came I found out her name was Joan and I remember I came and sat down next to this lady, still looking pretty wooden-faced, I have to say. Hadn't taken part in the singing. And uh, so I plonked myself down in the chair and I said, Well, Joan, what do you think of that? And this tiny little voice came from the lady beside me with a slightly mischievous grin, uh, which I didn't seem for. Rubbish, she said. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all laughed, of course, because it was very funny at the time, especially in the circumstances. So. And, uh, and then she smiled, and then she grinned, and then I don't say we got a lot out of her, but she came again. Mm. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've banged on far too long, um, and, uh, uh, and, and you've been very patient. And what have you gained from this mishmash? Not a lot, but it's my sort of adult brain um, and memory, or lack of it, um, which has uh, just told you, really, that half my life I've been based in Holt, as I told you at the beginning, and I'm very lucky to have been so. I'm still a foreigner, but I'm working on it. <laughs>